promoting Australian female musicians and artists. Today I'm joined by Helena Massey. She makes some really interesting music with a really wide variety of influences. I kind of usually open up by giving the genre of music that we'll be talking about, but I'm not going to do that today. We just kind of, I think we'll figure that out together. Helena, thank you so much for joining me on Women Who Rock. Thank you, Matt. I really dig your sound. One thing that really... I guess sticks out for me is the kind of Eastern percussion, Eastern style percussion in the recordings. Is it a tabla or kind of what is the percussion recording used in the recordings? In the um, Mists from Mercury songs, the earlier songs? In the EP, but also similar vibe in the new ones as well, right? Or is it a different percussion? Oh, well, on Mists from Mercury, which was my first album, I initially wanted to just have harmonium because I was listening to a lot of European harmonium. Um, okay. And I actually put an ad out on Gumtree. And through Gumtree, I met an incredible musician called Amal Oria. And he plays a lot of classical Indian music. And we got together and through Amal, he sort of suggested uh, that the harmonium was probably just going to sound like another little organ if it didn't have the tabla with it. So we just decided to bring uh, Jay Shukla, who's one of Amal's friends, uh, in and he plays the tabla and I think uh, the songs just kind of came together how they were meant to be when (laughs) when that happened. So it was sort of an accident that that happened. (laughs) So that was a consequence of going on Gumtree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Thanks to the internet, I yeah, guess. Yeah, thanks to Gumtree. What an age we live in. I love Gumtree. <laughs> yeah. She can sing to you, bring me the She shines through my window Yeah, I dig the original album and also the new material. I was wondering, so you have these kind of instruments, how does that translate to the live performance? Do you have a tabla when you're playing live as well? We haven't had a chance to play that set live. Um, I just, yeah, that there hasn't been the accessibility to play that with the, you know, the acoustic or the harmoniums and the tabla you know, with being offered, uh, whether you're playing in a pub or <laughs> yeah, these tiny sure. little venues or something, um, we just really haven't found the right venue to um, play in. So, we, we, yeah, we haven't been able to play that, which I would love to. It's my dream to play 
all together with a big band like that would be beautiful um so really I've been really adapting the set so I've been playing really just with bass and drums and guitar and side guitar um so yeah no we haven't we haven't been able to do that yet okay that's really interesting so you're putting together a live show Mm. which is kind of trying to replicate what you've done in the studio with those but it's almost like a a slightly different instrumentation that you use yeah I guess like the I've, I've kind of it's kind of turned into a bit of a roadhouse show okay <laughs> instead like the songs just put on a different outfit <laughs> it's yeah. really yeah so you had these instruments i guess you met these people on gumtree because mm. through particularly the uh, the original album released in 2016 mm-hmm. there's also kind of a droning element as well it seems as though you're really drawing on these kind of eastern influences right. what I- what is it that drew you to that style of music well, vocally, there was there was no intention. Like, um, I didn't... Yeah, vocally wasn't intending to do anything forcibly inspired by Indian classical or any Eastern themes. I guess it's really just the instrumentation. Um, but I think there is something in... Uh, do you mean, like, an essence of droning, whether it's Eastern-sounding or not? There's definitely an essence of longness or something that just kind of billows out um that I definitely understand if that comes across yeah but yeah it wasn't ever intended to vocally be eastern right <laughs> inspired well speaking so you played last night uh, yeah. in Thoreau mm-hmm. so what was the kind of setup that you had for that performance uh, for that live show that was just a solo show I just it was just me and my guitar. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting that you have you're kind of adapting the sound. Yeah, exactly. To the different kind of instrumentation that's I guess available, but mm. also dependent on the venue as well. Well, that's yeah, that's that's it. I mean, like the last few shows as well that I've pe- played in the inner west have been yeah, just like a basic band set up, and that's really just to adapt to the venues and you know, like I don't know if. These guys watching football would be really yeah hearing some tabla at, <laughs> at night on a Thursday. <laughs> so I don't know. I've never been to a gig in Thoreau. Where was it that you played? It's called Frank's Wild Years. It's just a little local bar there. Okay. And they do little shows. <laughs> cool. Yep. And you were supporting, uh, is it David Dondero? Yep, that's it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He's touring around and you just did the th- you did the Thoreau show. Mm, yeah. I um well, as with the original release, you released two singles quite recently. The most recent of those was Chinkara's Heart. Yeah. And it is quite diverse musically as well. I guess before we have a listen to that track, can you give us a bit of an overview of what's going on musically and I guess the instrumentation that you put together for this latest single? I was really privileged enough to uh, spend some time in the um, Tar Desert last year in January and it was really in the desert and the sand that uh, that song sort of came through and yeah, it's just purely uh, a desert. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's really interesting. You were, we'll have a little bit of a talk 
about some of the kind of field recordings that mm. you had in that. But let's now have a listen. This is Helena Massey's newest single. It is called Chinkara's Heart.
that was Helena Massey's new single, Chinkara's Heart. So after really extensive research, I found out that Chinkara is kind of like an Indian gazelle, which yeah. I think kind of fits with the vibe. Can you tell us the significance of Chinkara in that song? Um, well, uh, I guess Chinkara's heart, I'm kind of referring to the wild heart, <laughs> uh, okay. whether it's human or animal. And the Chinkaras live in the Tar Desert, which was where the song kind of came through. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you see Chinkaras when you were there? I actually didn't see any Chinkaras. Oh. But I saw it's a kind of pictures of them around and was hoping I'd see one. Okay. Maybe they're a bit elusive. <laughs> Maybe. Well, now there's a song written about them. I so. saw a beautiful peacock in the desert, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. We need to talk about how you went to India, because that was, uh, was it last year you were saying that mm-hmm. you went there? Yeah, last January. And you sort of, you had a recorder with you. Yeah. Can you tell us about that, recording well, the local musicians? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it was... My my partner's more of his initiative to decide to bring a little recorder with us and we ended up sort of meeting lots of incredible musicians and especially when we went out into the desert, we met a few uh, sort of teenage boys who brought some, they brought some big empty water, plastic water containers with them and um, they just played to us all night under the stars. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, and it was it was funny because, you know, there's like a lot of touristy sort of things out there of people taking you out in jeeps and stuff, but we kind of just met this amazing guy who just had this bit of a, like, a rock and roll enigma, just like amazing, and um, he was just hanging out at one of the hotels and we just started talking to him and he was like, do you want to come out to the desert with us? And we went out with him and then picked up a couple of his friends on the way and we just sort of hung out out there. Um, Having a jam. Kind of, yeah, and just like recorded. And it, yeah, it was just such a privilege to be able to, you know, you don't realise even just recording little things on your iPhone. It's just, yeah, we're so lucky. Um, and these boys were listening back to the recordings that we'd done over and over in the car on the, on the way back. Because um, they weren't used to being able to do that. Well, like, they, you know, they'd never heard themselves recorded before. And, um, as, you know, it's like, they're, it's like, very special. Their, their folk songs of that specific area, it's like, yeah, it's very sacred and it's really special. So, it's, yeah, just a total privilege to be able to share that experience. That's a really interesting documentation that you've made. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, because it would, though, if it's specific to a region, maybe there's not a lot of recordings. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not too sure, to be honest, I'm not too sure about about all those details, but I, I'm i pretty sure that they were as, yeah, I I get I got the feeling that they were sort of like their, their songs of their little town. And So when you went out the, to the desert, to play this music, and mm. were you playing? Were you guys playing no, as well? No, 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 no. We weren't observers. playing. We, we were just kind of hanging out in the desert, and we just met some people. That is such an amazing story. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. <laughs> what kind of instruments were they playing? Uh, they were just playing their... They were just playing these um, plastic water drums. Okay, so it was singing, all percussion. And acapella, yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. Hopefully, yeah, you'll treasure those and look back on those recordings in like 10 years and yes. think we did that thing. How yes. cool is that? Yes. You released, was it an album or an EP in 2016? Mm, that was an album. Okay. Mm. And that came out on No Safe Place Records. Kind of. Yeah, I think oh, so. okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, right. It's here on Bandcamp well, that it's a No Safe Place. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your affiliation with the No Safe? Because I've seen you played with Beast and Flood before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I, I, I guess it probably is. Uh, I met... Adam through um, my lovely friend Pat Walker, who plays in Solid Effort. Uh, we we've been good friends for a long time, and um, I think Adam was looking to put on some female acts, and then him and James helped me record the songs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> The first track that we heard, mm. uh, well, the track we heard in the middle was Jinkara's Heart. We've also heard some parts of Honey, A Gift, mm -hmm. which came, was the single release just before that. So those are the two singles on the upcoming EP. Do you mm -hmm. have a plan, uh, sort of a date or time frame on when that EP is going to be released? Yeah, um, I was actually just thinking about that in the car. <laughs> okay. Well, this is uh, really yeah, hot off the press. Yeah, I was thinking the 8th of... August sounds nice. <laughs> okay. That sounds pretty good to me. Yep. So all the recording is finished and the mixing. Oh, yeah. Time. Well, it got finished quite a while ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so what we heard on Chinkara's Heart, that is, it's more like a band, a sort of traditional band setup. Mm. Where you have drums, bass, you're playing a 12-string guitar. Yeah. That's how the recordings were? Yeah. Yeah, we did the recordings um, just at home. Yeah, this time. Oh, okay. So not in a not in a studio. No. So how involved were you with the kind of mixing and mastering as well? So um, uh, I've got a lovely friend called Raphael Lima, and he's a beautiful young Brazilian boy that's just come out here. And him and my boyfriend play in a band called Milk Punch, and he's he's just all over all of the production. He's really good at all of that, and we he I sort of directed the mixing but he really did the mixing um and then I sent it to Carl Saf in the US and he's mastered it for okay. me great yeah. and we'll be able to see it pretty soon yes yeah cool yeah. <laughs> Tell me a thing where I have a list of topics and I'd like you to tell me something uh, from one of the topics. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, politics, poetry, Patti Smith, death and punk rock. Helena, can you tell me a thing? Um, well, I bought a beautiful vintage Bender 12 string. Okay. Actually from... Oh, no, that's right. I got that off Gumtree, too. So, uh, yeah, 
to Gumtree. <laughs> no, Gumtree's facilitated a lot of uh, yeah, music over the exactly, last couple of years. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I've really, really fallen in love with it and I'm just not really playing anything else. <laughs> Do you know a lot of, so you bought it on Gumtree, mm-hmm. do you know a lot of details about like when, what year it was from or what era? Uh, it's a or... 70 something, cool. a 70 something. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure the exact date. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's had a lot of wear, but it's really, really beautiful and, uh, <laughs> did you, so when you were like flipping through Gumtree, mm. did you, you saw the ad and you were like, I need to have that right now in my life. Is that how that was? Or mm. was it a slow burn? I was looking for a 12 string and I uh, saw this one and it was vintage Fender and it was uh, very uh, good at, at a really good price and it was just beautiful and yeah, it was just, it was a... Uh, Great deal. <laughs> the, yeah, so the thing about 12 strings is, so you have each, the like double strings, mm. they're tuned to the same pitch or mm-hmm. are they tuned an octave apart? No, no, they're also all tuned. Oh, yeah, no, they are tuned an octave apart. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so it just gives you a much fuller sound. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's a bit tricky playing live, the 12 string. Always like, yeah, lots of, lots of feedback and problems. Um, oh, often right. problems. <laughs> well, that's kind of a vintage guitar thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, but um, yeah, it's it, it's kind of just been um, nothing else besides my my twelve string, and um, that's it really. Like I'm I'm not really focused on any other instruments or any other gear or anything it's really that's it for me <laughs> what more what more would you need yeah i really don't need anything else now <laughs> i can empathize with your vintage buying a vintage guitar story because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i bought one last month oh beautiful what I did bought, you get it's like a japanese guitar from the early 70s mm-hmm. and it has these really hot gold foil pickups um, which was just the design that they had in the early 70s. And now yeah. they're vintage people. are They're really sought after. Yeah, beautiful. And I bought it because I wanted to play slide. Yeah. To play slide live. Mm-hmm. So I can, yeah. Yeah, it's that's It's really cool. Awesome. And so, yeah, I had the similar things where they kind of gave me the guitar and they were like, go and play a lot for a week and then come yeah. back and then we'll solve all the problems. Yeah, right. Problems with like the tone knobs mm-hmm. and the pickups. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth it, though. I actually, last night, didn't realise that it was going to be a problem that I used my 12-string capo and my 6-string guitar. I didn't oh. realise. <laughs> Are the tensions different? Mm, or? Yeah, it's all different. and uh, It's fine. I sorted it out, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you definitely can't get a pen and a rubber band oh, to yeah, use on that. I can do that. <laughs> Helena, thank you so much for coming on to Women Who Rock and telling us a story about your music. Thank you. Thanks so much, Matt. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3.